0: FOREVER DOG
1: Broadcasting live from Forever Dog Studios in downtown Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, America, it's the new New Time Podcast in the style of old Low Time Radio, the thrilling adventure hour, Treasury. This episode is brought to you by Word Juice Coffee, Wondery, and Patriot Brand Cigarettes. It's time to send the little ones to Dreamland and set your radio's dial to spooky. Bolt the doors, lock your windows, and steal yourself a mysterious suspense in beyond belief. Meet Frank and Sadie Doyle, the toast of the upper crust, headliners on the society pages. And oh, yes, they see ghosts.
2: Who cares what evil lurks in the hearts
1: of men?
3: Unless evil is carrying the martini tray, darling.
1: Previously in our tale, Frank and Sadie Doyle thwarted a cult sacrifice. Donna Donna was to be blooded to stop an ancient evil from rising, as Ruth Boster, the intended sacrifice, had escaped that fate. Now, as the ancient evil comes for Frank, Sadie, Donna and imaginary friend Mr. Fuzzyface, the obvious question is, where is Ruth Boster now? The end of our story begins in a police station.
4: I need to speak to Detective Kerr. It's important. Detective Kerr retired. Can I help you? I'm Detective Kasuge. Kerr was my partner. Uh, I don't think we ever met Mrs... My
5: name is Ruth Boster, and I have information on a case from ten years ago, and I want to report... I, I want to report... I.
4: I don't know what I want to report. You want a cup of coffee? Water? No, there's no time. I I thought you wanted to talk about an old case. Why is there no time?
5: I want to keep my husband from doing something. From hurting someone. Tonight. It may be too late already.
4: Yeah, huh. What's going on, Mrs. Boster?
5: I don't know how to say it without sounding crazy.
4: The only people who don't worry about whether they sound crazy are crazy people.
5: Well then? Put the jumbuck back in the rumpus room? Here I go.
4: You know when you see a movie and a scene ends on something like where a guy's like everything's super and then it cuts to a scene where the same guy's like everything's not super at all, or there's no way the tough guy says you'll see me in a dress?
1: And the next scene, the guy's in the dress?
4: You're familiar?
1: I've seen movies where that is the sort of thing that happens. Why?
4: Well, I told Mrs. Boster that she probably wasn't crazy if she knew to worry about seeming crazy.
1: Crazy people are the only people who don't worry they're crazy.
4: Is what I said. And then she laid out the craziest story I ever heard. Get this. Her husband was going to sacrifice her to some magic tree to get magic powers. It's his first sacrifice and he's nervous and then she got skittish and ran out.
1: And that's where we're going? To ask this tree some questions?
4: You don't want to send uniforms to talk to a tree. You sure don't. Full disclosure, Mrs. Bosser came to me because, and don't read into this, the tree is responsible for a cold case of my old partner's. Kerr? Yeah.
1: How is Kerr?
4: As you know, I haven't talked to him in forever.
1: As you know, you should call him.
4: Not like he's called me. Phone works both ways.
1: When you're retired off the job, I will call you even if you don't call me.
4: You and I have a different relationship than I did with Kerr.
1: Kerr never tried to set you up with his niece a thousand times? You would love her. I do not think it is a good idea due to how we are partners.
4: Oh, that's just all that you would love her.
1: Anyways, her story does check out as nuts, Mrs. Boster's.
4: And here we are, looking into it.
1: You know, after we get through, you know who you should call and tell about it? Yeah. Kerr? Yeah. Why did you ask me if I knew about that thing from the movies?
4: Oh, because if this were a movie, likely it would go right from me saying the thing about how she probably isn't crazy to right where I said she told me the craziest story I ever heard.
1: Yeah, I could see it. If this was a movie, do you think it would have a talk about Kerr in it?
4: Depends on what kind of movie it is.
1: True. Say, that is an unusual amount of trees up there.
4: It's against ordinance to have trees that close to the road.
1: Are they moving closer?
4: How could they possibly be getting this- What was that? I ran up onto something.
1: If it was a movie, I think you would have run into the trees there, which I am glad it is not one.
4: What did I run up onto, though? Hang on. We're stuck. On what is the question?
1: Y'all yeah, check. We appear to be stuck up on some shrubs coming up out of the road somehow. I do not know what this is or what is going on, Meg, but I do not like how it began with an unbelievable story about trees and now unbelievable things are happening to do with trees. It is dark and weird out here. Where did all this forest come from? Where did the street go, Meg? What do you think, Meg? Meg, where'd you go? This is Henderson. I need backup and... I I don't know where. We were on Elm Street heading east
0: towards...
1: (coughs) That is not a noise that a police radio should know how to make. But what is this now? More unbelievable tree business? In the middle of what is now a dense forest? How is only the tallest tree on fire? I feel like an Alice who drove through a looking glass. But what is this ruckus now? Oh, good. Shrieking shadows flying all around me, seemingly avoiding my flashlight light, but upending and wrecking my car. Well, this is all very like a dream, although, being honest, not one of mine. Well, that was whatever that was. And what is that in the ground there? Hmm. Peculiar. Not comparatively, but,
4: uh... What you got, Dave? And what happened to the car?
1: Forget the car. What happened to you?
4: Nothing happened to me. What do you mean? Knock it off with that flashlight light in my face there.
1: My flashlight light in your face is the least of it.
4: What do you mean by that?
1: Look. Look! The light of it is going through you. Yeah, huh? What are you doing?
4: I'm touching my fingertips together to see what
1: happens. They're overlapping a little bit. They
4: are overlapping a little bit. Oh! Oh!
1: Oh, you just put your hand through your arm.
4: I just put my hand through my arm.
1: What are you doing? Checking that my hand does not go through my arm, which it does not. Whatever happened to me did not happen to you. What is this? what is that?
6: Hi, how are you? I'm a monster, but don't worry. I'm imaginary. If
4: this was a movie, I would walk out.
1: Yeah, huh?
2: Hello. You look a little lost. I'm Frank Doyle, my wife Shady. Parched. friend Donna.
5: I've had a day.
2: And of course, Mr. Fuzzy Face. No first
1: name. Imaginary. Obviously. Hey, I'm Dave Henderson. This is Meg Kasuge.
2: Do you know what's going on here? This is the ghost of a place that used to be here. There's an ancient evil rising, etc., etc.
3: This place is, however, still tethered to the world as we know it, which is why we are here. Mr. Fuzzy Face, if you please.
1: Here I go. His hands are disappearing up to the elbow.
5: You were stating the obvious.
2: Yes, with the right kind of hands... Mine. And the right kind of
5: intentions... Mine.
2: You can reach in and pull out the right kind of rations. Mine.
4: Did he just pull a liquor card out of thin air?
2: Well, not exactly. Not thin air, no. There's a lot more to it, but who cares?
4: And how long have you been deceased? I'm deceased? Deceased, deceased? Like dead? That makes sense, actually. Yeah, huh? So sorry for your loss.
1: I take it yours was a recent passing? She was alive when we drove in here.
3: How did she die?
1: I don't know. My back was turned. Right question, wrong personal pronoun. How did you die, Mrs...
2: Detective, the And I don't know either. Some detective. Did you die whilst
3: your back was also turned? No. It was real quick.
6: Hey, if you gotta go, real quick is the best way to.
4: How I wanna go if I gotta. I wish I knew what happened. Do you recall anything? No. Maybe? I mean, yes, but it can't be right.
1: You've been a detective for many more years than me, so I usually defer to you out of respect. But if I might point out what you have maybe missed in the recent hubbub is that nothing around here adheres to the established definition of right. This growling coming from the very sky perhaps makes my point for me.
4: What I remember is a blur. A tree... Opened the car door, grabbed me, threw me to the ground, but not really to, so much as in. And then the ground, the ground swallowed me up.
2: That last you're sure of?
5: Uh, tree stuff and earth stuff? (laughs) I don't know, Sadie. I feel like we just met some real grouch who was in a tree and turned a blockhead into a rock man.
6: He also turned some yutzes into tree people, so as you know. You were tied up to a rock downstairs and in a forest away from it.
2: So it was likely this tree-based druid using earth magic that killed you. As to why,
1: shot in the dark, did you run afoul of any cults lately? It was a situation you could describe that way into which we were on our way to stick our noses this very night. Although we did not believe it at the time. I'm sure. Why would you, at the time?
3: But now, with all the puzzle pieces fitting together, that druid, presumably responsible for your death, I should say we have solved the mystery of it.
2: And therefore...
3: You may commence with closure. She isn't. Why aren't I... What's going on? Ghosts tend to linger in order to solve that which their dying prevented.
2: So having solved how you died, you should move on directly to your great reward. Or whatever's next. Possibly merely a good reward. Could be a terrible reward, I don't know you. But you can never be certain. May as well hope for the best and expect the worst.
5: Hey, I think I found your body, detective.
6: Unless somebody planted a couple fingertip trees.
2: Well? What... There's your body.
4: One safely may assume. Yeah. Those are my fingertips, all right. Well? How about now? Not knowing where my body was wasn't what was keeping me around.
1: Well, obviously, in hindsight.
4: What do you think is keeping you?
1: I don't know. Shall I put forward a working theory that being that you were the best detective I've ever known, what if you were being kept around by your subconscious desire to solve the case upon which you died working?
5: Could that be so... Maybe.
2: Okay,
1: now we're getting somewhere, maybe.
5: Aren't you a bit young to be a detective, detective?
1: Yes and no. While I am not too young to be a detective, as detectives go, I am among the youngest.
6: Well, ain't that swell for you?
1: Yes, it is. It is, in fact, very swell indeed. I love my job like too many people do not. He works too hard. I have worked the right amount. Which is tirelessly. To get to where I am, and my only regret so far is that my partner is demised. Well?
4: How about now? Dave saying that was not the thing to send me on. Let's solve the situation that led to my death. That sounds like the likeliest lead. What's the situation? There's a druid, which I don't know what that is, and uh, ancient evil?
2: Oh, right, yes. The ancient evil should arrive at any moment, I expect.
4: It was taking
3: so very long to arrive that we decided to pass the time by getting a drink. Guys.
2: Even across a rift like this, I can sniff out a drinks cart. It's here. Did you hear it? Sniff out. You knew where it was.
1: Of all the things I have seen today, I cannot feature that one that I am currently seeing.
6: Jeez, yeah, I mean, what the heck?
1: Yes, yes, a 17-foot Nosferatu god
2: thing.
3: The Ur vampire upon which all vampires were based, I expected he would be taller. I
0: rise. And thus forever shall humanity and darkness fall. Mm. Long have I yearned to my bloodthirst slake with hearts still beating, bursting them within my maw to feel them snap apart with every chew, that both the taste and the way it all feels in my mouth will live forever in my memory
2: as they do in my anticipation. If this fellow is in the ancient evil of which we were just speaking, I would be very surprised.
3: Did that do it, detective? Has coming face-to-face with the ultimately responsible party for your death provided the catharsis you require?
2: No. Fine.
3: Would you
4: care to tell it off, perhaps?
2: Or arrest it? <sighs> no.
4: I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that.
2: Were you actually a very good detective?
4: Yes! Who but
0: the blind or already insane look upon true horror and do not become insane or so terrified as to convulse to death?
1: (laughs) Anyway, I'm on the fence about whether to go bananas or to convulse from fear,
6: but they both seem reasonable.
5: Don't be scared, detective. I'll protect you.
6: And I'll protect you, Donna, so be a little scared.
5: Detective, does the knowledge that your
3: murderer is merely the embodiment of a temper tantrum of roughly the size and personality of a giraffe solve your
4: detective case? That's not how you solve it. No. Trapped
0: have I been for tens of tens of years... Tens of tens of tens of souls have I consumed. Tens of tens of tens of souls shall I consume. Before tens of tens of tens of tens of tens of tens more.
4: Why are you both looking at me? Why aren't you looking at the giant hairless fang monster?
2: We don't care about it.
4: No, we're trying to help you.
2: But if you're having trouble concentrating, would you like us to get rid of the big scary monster? Would that help you focus?
5: Yes.
0: Yes. Yes.
5: I mean, give it a shot, huh? And
0: and then more still. And more and more. Tens of tens of tens of tens of tens of tens of tens. And on until I consume them all. And begin, I shall, with those whose fear I smell not.
3: Then we shall dispose of it, but then you must promise to devote your full attention to the task at hand.
6: Fine. Yes. Will do. Please just save us.
2: Hello to the spirits of this place. May we have your attention, please? If you've been sacrificed to this great big monster, you have a right to know that you are under no actual obligation to it.
3: Surely this has not been explained to you? For who would have? In the clamor to be sacrificed and then consumed, it is no surprise that it didn't occur to you. Do not be embarrassed. Do go ahead and try to leave now, please. What?
0: No! I can't believe we never live in-
3: She, she said not to do. I can't help. I, I yeah. Me too.
2: Now then, the original
0: vampire thing is stripped of
2: souls. Where were we? You're not done. It is still alive.
5: And angry.
0: Without the souls entrapped within, I am but half of enough to destroy this place once I am restored.
6: Get it. It's half as tall, but it's still real tall and scary. And to hear him tell it, dangerous. Shall I dispatch
2: him then? Do. Fine. Where did I put that magic wand?
0: You dare to continue to dare to do as you do?
3: Here's your wand, Frank. Magical as ever.
0: I can feel how much magic is not in that. A totality.
2: But it is wood. You know, like the fellow who trapped you for ages. Old
3: evils tend to be prototypes for the monsters of today. Blood hunger, soul thrall, and the pale marbled countenance of a hairless cat. I expect you're as vampire as they've ever come.
0: There are none like me. <laughs> what do you know? You've been asleep. I cannot be killed.
3: You only say that because you've never been killed before.
0: I have existed since darkness was all that was. And I shall see a time of darkness return for...
3: <coughs> Inzy daisy Ta-da! Ta-dust. Did that do it? No! What's happening? This place is moving on, and yet you
2: still cannot. The woods are shimmering away, and we're nearly back at that neighbor's house. Someone grab the drinks cart!
1: I think we're out of the woods.
5: You're funny.
1: I do not take your meaning. This is all Ruth's fault. I don't think it's fair to blame Ruth entirely. None of us were willing to take her place. More to the point, we were being lied to. Ruth may have been the only sensible one among us.
2: Only in retrospect?
1: Well, I think what we should do is apologize to this nice lady and welcome her to the neighborhood properly. Yes, obviously. So so sorry. Never happen again. Sorry, our bad.
5: I forgive you. Looks like you got the worst end of the stick because of how a lot of you were made of wood still.
2: The good news is that you already wield the influence you thought you got through sacrifice.
5: That feather
3: wasn't really magic.
2: Bad news, you're all terrible people.
3: Become better, won't you?
2: We'll sure try. Um, are we going to stay like this? Probably not.
3: The Sunrise has a habit of making that sort of thing go away.
2: Until the next full moon, of course. You will likely turn back into monsters at every full moon.
3: Do not, under any circumstances, bite anyone.
2: Of course not. Sorry, again, sorry. Sorry again. I don't suppose this, the end of the big monster that has been indirectly keeping this neighborhood evil and inadvertently caused your death, is the thing that moves you on?
3: Doesn't feel like it, no. Perhaps we're complicating this. Shall we summon the druid
4: responsible?
2: We could stick him in another tree and make him apologize. Would you like that?
4: I don't feel like I would. I don't really care about any of this stuff.
1: I got it. I know what is keeping her, and it is no druid. It is not this case at all, which, although strange and fatal, is simple and solved. It is your great unsolved case. The one that... what Wait, what what is the name of the one case you could not solve? Which one? The one with the... Yeah, exactly. And the guy who... Yes! I don't remember. We can look it up and then solve it. I know we can.
5: It's a good thing you're pretty, Detective Henderson, because, who, boy, are you dumb. You're a detective, (laughs) and you, Frank and Sadie, you do this all the time? You're all so bad at this.
2: We really aren't.
5: Do you have an idea, Donna? She's a person. She's not her job. Who is important to her? Who is important to you?
1: If that is the right track, the answer is plain. It's Kerr. We must go see Kerr. Make your peace with him, finally.
4: Dave, I don't care about her.
1: No? You said that in a way intimating that there is another person you care about instead. Your niece?
4: It's you,
5: dummy. She cares about you.
1: Me? What?
4: That feels true.
1: I suppose we are partners.
4: We're friends, Dave. Yeah, huh? Yeah.
1: Fine, I will take out your niece. Rest easy.
4: That's not it. I just want you to see that there's life outside the job. You have to make room for it or else, what's it all for? Oh yeah? I'll show him.
1: What, you will? You.
5: Yeah, I could see it.
1: See what? How will she show me?
5: Wanna go out?
1: I suppose I do.
5: Good, that's good. Liquor for you, Dave.
3: Look at that! You did it, Donna!
6: Yeah, huh? That's the way it's gonna be? Fine. Fine. Fine, 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 fine. You know what? Fine. Okay!
1: I believe your imaginary friend is jealous.
5: What? He's not my imaginary friend.
6: You ain't kidding, toots. Goodbye, sayonara, and chow, because what we had, which you obviously didn't even notice, is over.
5: You thought he was mine this whole time? You're funny.
1: No one has ever accused me of that particular thing, and you have done it twice.
5: Yep, no, you are.
1: Look at them, darling. Their whole lives ahead of them.
5: Look at us,
3: darling. This whole drinks cart ahead of us. No,
2: it doesn't look nearly big enough.
3: Shall we go home to ours?
2: Ours is big enough for the lives ahead of us.
3: Our happily ever after.
2: The drinks cart or our lives? Both.
1: It seems the Doyles have done once again mixed black magic with their special tonic. Hold the tonic. Join Frank and Sadie next time when they once again walk beyond belief in a spooky episode titled Diagostus Murder. And that's today's episode of the thrilling adventure hour! Treasury! Beyond belief, The Dead Blue Line was written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker and starred Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, Clancy Brown, Kiko Ajena, Max Silvestri, Hal Lovelin, Janet Varney, Josh Molina, Malcolm Barrett, Demi Lardner, Autumn Reeser, Jenny Wade, and Annie Savage. This episode was produced by the Forever Dog Network and engineered and mastered by Anna Rubinova with sound design by Adam Bozarth and Anna Rubinova. For more of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thrillingadventurehour and get exclusive access to our entire back catalog, complete libraries of classic segments, bonus content, and more! See you next time on the thrilling Adventure Hour, Treasury. Forever! Dog!